There are three big problems with used vehicle appraisals. One, manually sifting through comp vehicles. Two, old book values and ghost comps. Three, no recon visibility. You can solve them all with AutoVision, launching in the Reynolds & Reynolds booth at NADA. Learn more at reyrey.com slash used dash cars. That's R-E-Y-R-E-Y dot -E com slash used dash cars. Want to dive deeper into the topics you hear about on Daily Drive? We're offering listeners a special offer, 20% off a one-year Automotive News digital subscription. That gets you access to all of our news, information, and analysis made for automotive industry leaders like you. Go to autonews.com slash daily drive promo to redeem. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. I'm Jake Neer in Detroit, in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker in Las Vegas. Today on the show, electric vehicle sales begin to drop in a major EV bellwether. A fire at GM's marquee EV plant has safety officials on edge. And a judge blocks Elon Musk's compensation package at Tesla. Plus, as the Fed gets set to make its latest decision on interest rates, independent dealer Amanda Gordon talks about what those high rates have meant for her and her customers. People work hard for their money and to, to give it away on something such as an interest rate on a, on a purchase that they need in order to do their day-to-day -day living, which is transportation, it's just a tough pill to swallow. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Following a long, steady climb, new registrations of battery electric vehicles in California fell in the fourth quarter of last year. EV sales have now fallen for two consecutive quarters in the state. That's even as California regulators are setting a 2035 deadline for all new auto registrations to be zero-emission vehicles. According to data from Experian, California registered just under 90,000 electric light passenger vehicles in the fourth quarter, a 10% decline from the previous quarter. The third quarter represented a small drop from the 103,000 EVs registered in the second quarter of 2023. To be sure, the EV market is still a substantial portion of California auto sales. EVs accounted for more than 21% of the state's auto sales last year. On the other side of the EV coin, Toyota's global sales of electric vehicles more than quadrupled last year. Despite the substantial jump, Toyota still needs an exponential 15-fold leap over the next two years to reach CEO Koji Sato's target of selling about 1.5 million EVs in 2026. In releasing 2023 sales results this week, Toyota said it sold more than 104,000 EVs worldwide last year. That's up from just 24,000 in 2022. And it's way up from just one, yes one, sold in 2018. Overseas deliveries accounted for 97% of the 2023 EV volume. A fire that broke out at General Motors Factory Zero in December resulted in more than a million dollars in damage. It has also sparked concerns about the protocol for battery fires at the electric vehicle plant in Detroit. According to an incident report obtained by our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business, nearly 100 Detroit firefighters and two dozen fire trucks responded to the three-alarm fire December 19th at the assembly plant. During the past few months, first responders have become accustomed to emergency calls from the factory. 
EV batteries' volatile chemistry makes them more prone to catching fire, a major concern for the industry and first responders. That's especially as EV production volumes increase and battery plants proliferate across the country. And a Delaware judge has struck down Elon Musk's $55 billion pay package at Tesla. The ruling comes after a shareholder challenged the compensation package as excessive. The decision means that more than five years after the electric car maker's co-founder was granted the largest executive compensation plan in history, Tesla's board will have to start over and come up with a new proposal. In the lawsuit, the investor complained that the 2018 package didn't have proper disclosures about the performance benchmarks required of Musk and that the board had conflicts of interest in approving it. And those are today's headlines. Coming up, independent dealer Amanda Gordon joins the show to give us her view of the used car market in 2024. That's next on Daily Drive. Data is the backbone of your used vehicle department. You need it to find accurate comp sets and to best understand your market in order to make precise appraisal and pricing decisions. But it feels like you're always struggling to get the information you need. How much time do you spend sifting through comps because there are outliers that don't match the vehicle you're appraising? Do you frequently make manual adjustments to pricing recommendations? Reynolds' newest inventory management solution, AutoVision, can help. A.J. McGowan, president and founder of AutoVision, explains how. If you look at the way that cars are traditionally priced, you know, you can get down to specifics in terms of, you know, what zip code is it in and, you know, what options does it have on it? You know, some of those sorts of things. Um, But the thing that's never really taken into account um, is, you know, that dealer's, you know, specific view of the market. Our goal with AutoVision was to use, you know, technology that's available now to do real-time processing, which allows dealers to really set the their view of the market into AutoVision. And then we use our tools to analyze the data that's there and show them this is what this vehicle is worth to you. AutoVision can help you run your used vehicle department with precise comp sets, real-time inventory data, and reconditioning insights. Visit reyrey.com slash used dash cars to find out more. That's R-E-Y, R-E-Y dot com slash used dash cars. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jake Neer with Kellen Walker. As of recording time today, we're waiting for the Fed's announcement about its next move on interest rates. It's been almost two years of rate increases in an attempt to tamp down post-pandemic inflation. Those rate hikes have had a big impact on car buyers and dealers, and what the Fed does next could signal how much longer the pain of high borrowing costs will last. Amanda Gordon is CEO of Gojo Auto, an independent dealership in Denver. She spoke with Jamie about how she views the state of the used car market from her vantage point. Amanda Gordon, welcome back to Daily Drive. Jamie, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure. Always great to touch base with you. You know, used cars are such an important part of the auto industry and really the whole U.S. economy. Just last week, Vroom stopped its online used vehicle retail operations, and that was came just last fall. Another online used vehicle startup, Shift Technologies, filed for bankruptcy court protection. So there are a lot of questions about how healthy the market is or could be. I guess for starters, did you compete with those online retailers? Were they active in, in Denver where you are? 
So there are a couple of room temp tags rolling around in Colorado. Not very many, to be honest. <laughs> and so um, they weren't my direct competitor. But I think something we do need to talk about is the elephant in the room of digital retail, full scale A to Z digital retail, because 35 million used cars were sold last year, which is just insane. It's about a three to one ratio from used to new. So used cars really does drive the market as much as people make fun of used car salespeople, right? <laughs> or sales operations. But we need them. Yeah. We need them. We need them. They're a huge driver of the economy. And so of those 35 million cars, Vroom sold 18,000. And to put that into perspective, Carvana, their number one competitor, sold just over 425,000. So we're we're talking about 0.0002% of all independent car sales going through digital retail. So what does that really say about the consumer's buying habits, right? I, I don't think they're selling less used cars, but they're just buying them in a traditional fashion because it's a huge purchase. And when your marketing strategy is removing the human element out of such a major purchase, I just don't see the traction. I don't see the traction. I think there's an argument to be made that with new cars, the the quality has gotten so high, and uh, maybe you know if you can take it in, if there's a problem, uh, that maybe there's you know less risk or it's simple to simpler to do a, a new car purchase online. But with used vehicles, especially after they've had two or three owners. A lot of times you kind of want to get your hands on it. You want to smell it. You want to hear the engine run. Absolutely. Absolutely. Particularly if it's a non-certified, which the only organization that can certify a car is the manufacturer, right? You have to get it from that particular franchise, say Honda from Honda, Toyota from Toyota. There is a higher risk. Also, our job as a dealer is to provide protection to our consumer from fraud, from protection against your social security number, your identity, the list goes on. And when you're doing all of that information online, it opens up a whole nother can of worms from government regulations that don't allow us to protect the consumer to the best of our abilities. So that the digital retail space becomes even more risque, I believe. And then the onus of who's responsible if anything goes awry, if there's any mechanical mishaps, if there's any misunderstandings, Who's on the hook or where, who can they turn to? Right, right. So is it a challenge to compete with, let's, I mean, Carvana as the surviving brand, and I guess, you know, CarMax, they are pretty big players. CarMax is pretty good. They're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Do they put pressure on independent dealers like you? No, because there's always a need. I mean, how many Starbucks do you see on every block? How many <laughs> McDonald's do you see on every block, right? There's as many of us for a reason. There's 345 million people in the U.S. 10% of them bought cars. CarMax doesn't have the inventory to support those 35 million customers. Where else are they going to shop, right? Particularly your local, right? Local, smaller operation and, and smaller is relative. CarMax sells millions of cars, right? So I always think there's a need. There's always a need. You know, and, and one thing I don't think we talk about enough is the people with credit challenges don't have the same luxury of clicking a button and buying a car online. There's so much more that goes into 
that car purchase that needs to be cultivated that has to be done in person. And that's 40% roughly of the population that needs a little help when it comes to their their finances and purchasing a car. So what are you seeing in the market overall? Is there a little more price stability? Is supply getting easier to come by than it was during the pandemic? I believe, so I was just at the auction today. Pricing is definitely stabilized from what I'm seeing. And I purchase 20 to 30 cars a week. You know, my ear is to the ground. Pricing is stabilizing. It's getting closer to to true value. It's not going for retail. We're able to purchase them at dealer pricing, if you will. For my price point, the availability was always there. It's in three to four years when that pipeline of the 2021s and the 2022s that weren't made, there's going to be a little black hole here in about three or four years. That's when it's going to get interesting. But for now, it's okay. You know, it seems like prices seem to never come down, but at least if they can stop going up, that helps with affordability. Agreed. How are your customers doing? Are are people getting raises? Are they feeling like they're getting a little bit back on top of things or is it still pretty tight? So I'll tell you, we have seen an influx of cash buyers. So my average retail price is 18,000, which, you know, it's not the average $35,000 used car you find at a franchise, but 18,000 is still a lot of money. And where I was about 20% cash purchases, now I'm seeing closer to 50% cash purchases. And that's the people who are saying, I'm not paying these crazy interest rates. I'm just going to use my cash to buy this car because your interest rate is crazy, which we have no determination of interest rate. That's the feds. That's the new COVID (laughs) (laughs) is interest rates. Wow, wow, wow. Puts a lot of pressure on people who might be struggling uh, to make a monthly payment. If they can find a way to make the purchase in cash, it's going to deplete their savings, but hopefully they can, I guess they can pay themselves back right. uh, each month when they're not right. making a car payment. Right. And and just, you know, what was a $300 payment is now a $450 payment. It's just not, it just doesn't make sense. So any final thoughts on, on the year ahead? What's your gut feeling about the economy? I am hopeful that... Interest rates are going to stabilize, and and um, I know the feds are meeting today or tomorrow. I'm hoping that they don't raise rates is the buzz I'm hearing. And then we're looking at Q3, interest rates starting to inch their way down. I don't even want to get into the politics of all of this, but to really help us as American consumers bring those interest rates down, for crying out loud. People work hard for their money, and to, to give it away on something such as an interest rate on a, on a purchase that they need in order to do their day-to-day living, which is transportation. It's just a tough pill to swallow and it, it's tough to see every day. Amanda Gordon, CEO of Gojo Auto in Denver, Colorado. Thanks so much for joining me. Jamie, thanks for having me. Have fun at NADA. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jake Near in for Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News journalists Jerry Hirsch and Hans Grimel for their reporting for today's podcast. We also had reporting from Kurt Nagel of our sibling publication, Crane's Detroit Business. You can get the latest news on the used car market, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a look at just how politicized EVs have become and what that means for the industry's electrification efforts with political consultant Mike Murphy. They're not cars, they're political statements. So some people love them for that. Then you get the Newtonian 
don't like them because they've got to be Biden mobiles. So we've, we've lost the vehicle part of electric vehicles in the marketplace. If you enjoy the podcast, remember to like, leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. 